<laughs> that was great because it sounded like somebody was farting out a cork. Yep. And. Ooh. That was coffee sized. Yeah. Y'all, it's Julie's birthday, so she just poured a wee dram in her coffee because we're recording relatively early for us. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. Yeah. Is it your birthday? Thanks, Hard guys. Hard to know. Is it not? No. <laughs> Something. Something or other. I'm, um, I'm always really weird. I don't, I don't know how to respond to birthday shit because I'm not a birthday person. So I'm always just like, thanks. She was a famous podcast person from <laughs> Arkansas <laughs> the way... She uh, had a big fat ass and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it could really sway. sway. <laughs> she was the top gal at her craft. And she really liked to talk about a chef. <laughs> <laughs> She's in a podcast now, a drink and booze and coffee. She's the boogie woogie, bugle Julie. Fuck you, lady. I don't know. I got nothing. Uh, that was pretty good. I, I was, it, well, I'm workshopping it. I'm okay. workshopping it. Excellent. Y'all, have we ever, have I ever told, I'm, I'm saying this like you can respond to me. Have I ever told you, you listener, you, the um, limerick that oh, I wrote for Julie once? This might be the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. Um, Please, just do it. Sorry, I'm eating a scum with clotted cream. Also a gift from Allison. She knows me. Okay. Uh, I was making sure I remembered it. Here, here we go. Here's the limerick I wrote for Julie. There once was an Arkansas lass who had quite a sizable ass. Or it was magnificent. Had a magnificent. Who had a magnificent ass, something like that. Um, there once was an Arkansas lass who had quite a marvelous ass. That's right. She said with a sway as she ambled away, inertia's determined by mass. <laughs> <laughs> Science jokes. Science jokes. And then I told Neil that that's what I want on my tombstone is inertia is determined by mass. <laughs> welcome to <laughs> Welcome to Podlander Ass Cast. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Podlander Birthday Cast. Mm. Welcome to Podlander Drunk Cast and Outlander Podcast. I am Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Hello. And we are talking about season four, episode eleven. If not yeah. for hope, there wouldn't be a script. Um, if not for episode titles, we wouldn't have had this hit us over the head so fucking much. I wouldn't have heard the word hope 40 times already today. God, well, it's like when people come up with a book title before they write the book and then they're just waiting to work it in <laughs> as opposed to just writing something and then the, it comes later. You know what it is? Ugh. Well, the way they talked about it on the, on the last at the very end, they were like, well, it kind of just rose to the surface as if this was the choice. Well, if you write hope 20 fucking times for, in five minutes, all you're going to think about is that. It's going to come. Either way, it was God damn it, too it much. Was too much. I kept waiting for Big Bird to show up and go, the word of the day <laughs> is hope. Or Lemony Snicket going on. Hope, in this case, is where you're going to find your mother not dead. I've been, I've been watching a series of unfortunate He's, he's been watching a lot of a series of unfortunate I really like that show. <laughs> uh, yeah, they laid it on a little thick, like clotted cream. Like clotted cream, exactly, which was what we, we were eating, and I'm still eating because now that it's back in my life. I just don't see it ever going away. Uh, the next time I'm in Morse Market, I'm going to take a picture of where it is so you know. Because it's a little like hidden. The pickles and the it's weird part. It's by like the baby bell and the hot dogs Hard. and all that stuff. Yeah. I will keep an eye um, on All over there. Uh, I have also have a jar at home. Mm. Tom was like, what is this stuff? It's like, just wait. Yeah. Just wait. Because of course I got a jar for myself too. Mm, uh, uh, so I, we had some on banana bread this morning. It was nice. great. Yeah. I've been baking a lot since I can't drink. Um, By the way, was that enough sugar? I didn't know. Yes. I just, okay. Yeah. It's great. Thank you. Um, 
We are... We're actually drinking coffee today. Yeah, drinking coffee, and Julie's has a little bib and tucker. I bib and tucker. <laughs> um, in hers, which is really nice bourbon. And uh, Janine is also sipping his coffee. Sipping that caffeine. We really did like this episode. It's not like we're putting off talking about it, but it's a... But I'm just... I'm irritated. I'm irritated by the bird and bunniness of it all. The hope thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was just a... It was a lot. And they seem to give... Lord John Gray, a lot of the, like, let's lay it on really thick stuff. And David Barry does a great job with it, like the mm. fact that it's tolerable. But Lord John, in the in the books, Lord John is, like, cracklingly intelligent. Mm-hmm. I know how sometimes you read a character and you're like, oh, this is the smartest person in this book. Well, almost everybody, all, almost all the main characters in Outlander are pretty fucking smart. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> except for Lizzie. <laughs> um <laughs> God damn it, Lizzie. <laughs> uh, bless. And, you know, there are some others, but, like, Fergus, smart. Jamie, obviously, insanely Marcy, smart. Claire, smart. very smart. Marsley, so smart. And she's smart in the books, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all, uh, Brianna, smart. Roger, smart. Joe Abernathy, may he rest in peace in the future, in the past, in the p- future past. Mm. Smart. Like, they're, Joe Casta, obviously, extremely smart. Maybe Billy Boyd, not so smart. Oh my God. But of all of them, Lord John <laughs> is the one where you're like, wow, you're smart. Mm-hmm. There's a scene that I'm sure we will not see that I think maybe he just recounts it or it's real brief or God, maybe I'm making, I'm not making it up. He's talking to Benjamin Franklin and Benjamin Franklin is of course nude in a, like a greenhouse in France. It's because he liked to be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and in that conversation, you're like, well, Benjamin Franklin is the smarter one. It's close. It's, it's pretty you know? close. He's really smart, and it just makes him sound less smart when he says things. What was the line that he said where we were like, "Oh, <sighs> oh God, I can't remember." It was when God. they were on the porch. Yeah, because well, it was the last goddamn big ass hope that they dropped on us. Maybe it was. Well, there, but there was also like um, when she was like, "Oh, it was don't lose hope." That's what he was saying. No, I was thinking of. When he's, it's like, oh, he's yes. Well, he must be like his father, and then he goes, yes. yes. He is. And I was he's like, no. Very much like his father. And it's like all over his face. And you're like, ugh. And then he's like, oh, but he's not mine. Yeah. He's not mine. And, and that's okay. And so maybe Roger will love your baby too. I thought those were really Notice smart. that he didn't tell her that it was Jamie's. Well, it's not his secret to tell. I know. I Lord John so. Gray, he's a vault. Yeah. He'll keep your secrets. Wait, well, he's a good secret keeper. He is a good <laughs> secret. He's got a lot of practice. It's Jamie's? Yeah. I don't Willie? Know. Willie, remember in... This was before you were watching regularly. Pardon yeah. me for the scone in my mouth. But um, uh, in season two, towards the beginning of the season, when he was working as an indentured servant on that plantation, Hellwater, yeah, yeah. he had sex with the daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's his son. Oh. And Lord John and Gray Lord raised John him. Lord raising him, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I do remember that slightly, so but that's now that's a of- lot... Yeah, that More was intense. You knew this because that's the whole plot of the episode where they come to visit. Is Jamie takes his son camping, and Myrta figures it out oh, by yeah, looking yeah, at yeah. him. I yeah. told him that. Yeah. I think Ian figures it out too, and they didn't do it because yeah. he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Something. Anyway, Sorry, all right. I'm well, not drinking this year, and memories are coming back to me. You know, middle school was crazy. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so let's talk about let's talk about if not for bleh. okay. So cold open was the Rogers hot shower dream, and you know what? If I was back then, I too would have dreams of a hot shower. And that then was we a realized, good gotcha. Then we realized he's still with the Mohawk out on the road, so things continue with Roger apace. I thought it was very smart and effective. The title card of the show was some beautiful uh, 
charcoal sketches, it looks like, of the um, slaves from River Run, almost all of them. And uh, it's then it cuts to the beginning of the show, and it's Brie who's drawing all these drawings. And she's sitting there at this table with her beautiful milky white skin and rubbing the charcoal all over the page like charcoal artists do. And then she actually touches her face, and there's not really a smear of charcoal on it. And I was like, nope, nope, that's not how that happens. <laughs> and then it cuts to Lizzie and then cuts back to her, and she's got like just the merest suggestion of charcoal, right? Just just on the, her left cheekbone. No, it would have been like all over her face. Up to her elbows. Yes, it would have just been everywhere. So that that to me was quite funny. So Lizzie comes in and begs for forgiveness. And Bree's like, yeah, 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 fine. And then she's like, are you going to forgive your father? And Bree's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Lizzie, listen, we cool? Because I know what you were trying to do, but you maybe sort of don't understand what's happening right now. Yeah, so... Can we chill? Don't worry about it. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then <clears throat> we flip to Claire, Jamie, and Ian, and they found Ian because he can speak Cherokee, talked to a few Cherokee uh, tribe members near them, and found out that they did recognize the medallion or whatever it was. Yeah. And they said, oh, that's the, I think they said Shadow Lake. Was that the name Shadow, of the, yeah. where the Mohawk lived? But it was like two months away. Damn. Damn. So now we know they're really going to be on the road for a two while. Two months of camping. And it was two months away, and that was right after we had the scene of Jamie and Claire with the two sides to every story crap that I was a little bit like, meh. Yeah. There are two sides to every story. Well, you know what? You know, that's that's true, but sometimes one side is more important than the other well, side. Well, and, or? like, I get and, and agree that... What happened to Roger is, like, she is right to be upset about it, and it is totally his fault, but it's not like he knowingly beat up her husband, Mm -hmm. and so, right, he thought that he was doing that to her rapist, and those are very different things. However, all that shit he said... Was not necessary. No. Mm -hmm. Claire's point in the great scene they have at the end where she's like, I mean, you said a bunch of things you don't mean, she also said a bunch of things that she doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that it's not gonna hurt for a long ass time and there's not gonna have to be work but you are very similar and you've got hot tempers and whatever mm-hmm. and that makes it anyway point being jamie yeah feel bad you should feel bad. yeah go ahead and wallow in this don't for a minute. say that shit to your fucking daughter don't yeah. say that shit to any woman god damn it yeah. god what is your fucking problem then we cut to fergus he's trying to find Stephen bonnet and he's um in a pub somewhere asking about him and some guy's like Oh, he's going to be in Wilmington soon, but good luck for him taking you with that wooden hand. And then walks away and is like, fuck you, dude. And Fergus is sad. Boo. Boo. And then he turns around to leave, and there's a wanted poster right by the door. Who's on it? Murtaugh. There he is. And it's a pretty good sketch of him. So what I'm saying is is that maybe Bree needs to meet the guy who's doing the police sketches for Wilmington, and they need to get together and like work on... Technique. Anyway, it was good. It was the best charcoal (laughs) sketch we've seen so far in a show where now we've seen at least five. It was a good sketch. I was into it. I'd hit it. Um, So Fergus rips the poster down. He's like, fuck. And he he goes back home. And as he's coming in, you see. I'm sorry, Julie. He was like, melt, melt. And he rips it down. (laughs) And you see him go into his house. And Marcy's there. She's got a baby. She's behind her in a room. There's Murtaugh talking to some regulator dude. You can tell that Marcy is not into it. (laughs) And Fergus comes in and he's kind of, he's sad, Fergus. Boo. And she's like, 
what about today? So obviously he's trying to find a job. She asked him about the butcher. He's like, only men can butcher. <laughs> it's, a, it's funny because that's what actually happened. That is what actually happened. We're like, oh, the, Fergus. They like the men to butcher, not be butchered. Butcher, you know what? I miss his happy face. <laughs> I need, I'm going to need Fergus to cheer up a little. So Marsley also needs Fergus to cheer up a little. Mm-hmm. And she uh, later will take the case to Murtaugh. But right now she's busy with Fergus saying, what the fuck is up with Murtaugh? <laughs> Why is he here? What's, hap- what's, what's this text collector thing? What's, who are these people in my house? And you can kind of tell that she's a little like, mm. Isn't it enough that we're harboring a fugitive? Do we have to, like, actually conduct illegal activities in my kitchen? Right. Do you have any idea how hard making food is right now? I need every flat surface. Are you kidding? I have four loaves of bread rising right now just so that we don't starve. Mm -hmm. Like, can we please? I've been soaking those beans for 20 years. I'm going to need my table back. Um, And then she says something about... Um, she knows something about the Stephen Bonnet plan, and she's like, "I don't know how I feel about you going to find a murderer." Yeah, no shit. And she's not cool without. Um, and Marsley is. Uh, I take it back. Marsley is the smartest one. In this she episode. is very Lord smart. Jod, second smartest. Uh, so then we flash back to River Run, and it's um um Bree lounging on a couch, very pregnant. Well, not very pregnant, but visibly pregnant. We can now see that she's got a baby bump, and uh. Phaedra comes in with all these sumptuous and beautiful fabrics and is like, come on, stand up. I'm going to make a new dress for you. And Brianna's like, oh, no. And I'm like, I mean, even if you didn't want to go to the party, having like a bespoke tailor make you a dress, wouldn't you just be like, all right. Pretty, I mean, I mean like, like okay. well, when, when you're depressed, you know, I guess. Yeah. And then I didn't realize it until about two minutes into the scene, but Phaedra has a Scottish accent, which yeah. I thought was a really nice touch. Cause obviously she's been raised in that, that, uh, home. Yeah, so. Most of the, um, our first episode of River Run was so fraught that I think that kind of stuff is hard to notice, but mm-hmm. most of the, um, Slaves at River Run have Scottish accents. Not Ulysses, though. Not Ulysses. He's no. voice proud. Oh, he got <laughs> he's got voice. a great voice. <laughs> he's got a great voice. So um, Brianna is refusing the dress, Ugh. but then she asks Phaedra to sit down for her and so that she could sketch her. And Phaedra is very surprised. And then Brianna tells her, quite simply, "You're very beautiful, and that's very touching." And Phaedra has a nice moment. It's the thing I liked about that moment is that Bree says it like it's a fact because it's it is a fact, a fucking fact, right? Where she's like, "Well, you, I mean, you must know this isn't this isn't like my opinion. <laughs> this is like you're the best looking person I've ever seen, and look at me. So I'm like, what? <laughs> you, have you seen my dad? Like you, but you're the best looking person I've ever seen. And um, she, it's like no one has ever said anything like that to before to her mm-hmm. in her life, which is fucked up on a bunch of levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that actress whose name is, yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. She was very good in that. Uh, scene. her name is Natalie Simpson. She did great good job, Natalie Simpson. Yeah. So we find out that the reason why Angie Costa is so hot on Brie having a new dress is that she's throwing a party. Single guy. In party. the USA. <laughs> She's bringing all over, over all the eligible bachelors to have a sniff around her niece. Ugh. Ugh. Well, that's what it was. That was what it was. <laughs> and then um, we cut to Brianna downstairs, and Angie Costa comes with these beautiful earrings and is like, well, if you won't have a new dress made, perhaps we'll take one of my old dresses. 
and, yeah. you know, make it look good for you. Here's these earrings that go with it. Bree's like, no, I don't want it. And Angie Costa's like, mm, you're going to. But she does it in the most crafty way possible. Allison, <laughs> please describe. She, so they're sitting around and Brianna's like, I told her I don't need a new dress. And she's like, right. So she's altering one of mine. What are you, gonna, <laughs> you got anything to say now? No? Great. Okay. So let me tell you some lovely anecdotes about your grandparents. You into this? Yeah? Great. We'll talk about it more at dinner. And it's like, <laughs> exactly like that. subtle than that. But you could definitely, you could see Brianna being like, oh, yes, I'm enjoying this conversation. Oh, I see what you did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, All right fine, I'll go to the dinner. And she doesn't know yet that this is Husband Fest 1876 or whatever it is, or 1769, whatever it is. <laughs> nice. Didn't um, Phaedra say something about a lord? Like, she may have hinted at it when she came in with the fabric. Well, she said there was a lord coming. But she didn't say it was going to be like all dudes, a sausage fest, as it were. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't really all dudes, but... It might as well. Well, it was all dudes and either their sisters or their moms. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. everybody brought their sister or their mom. Yeah. Oh. I didn't catch that. Keep putting those in context. You're just like, that's a weird party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a weird party. It is <laughs> a weird party. <laughs> Did Colonel Wolf have anyone with him? Or was no, he by himself? He was by himself. Well, you remember, Lieutenant he wants Wolf. to marry Jocasta. Right. Right. Okay. Um, well, until he saw her niece. Right. Well, because he wants that sweet, sweet property. That's right. what he wants. He well. wants the control. Um, but if he also gets like a hot piece of ass in the deal, that guy is funny. He's, he's very funny. Uh, he and Billy Boyd were really funny together. That mm-hmm. like, God, it's been a while since we've had a proper. Then they didn't use the music, but that was a proper. We punch and kick and fight. That character's name is Lee Boardman. Lee Boardman plays Lieutenant Wolf. Yeah, yeah. He's oh, look at his look at his IMDb photo. He looks completely different than he looks in the show. He looks like oh, hey, uh, hey, girl, hey, girl. What else is he up in? He's up in oh, he's in the Last Kingdom. Oh, he's in the Last Kingdom. He's really good in that, actually. I like I like that show. Um, Assassin's Creed is a voice actor. Great, the five. I'm just Beowulf. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Well, good job, Lieutenant Wolf. Yeah. You, you and the Hobbit were very funny together. Yeah. <laughs> they were. You guys were uh, God, we sat there watching the episode during the live stream, and I just kept waiting for the moment when I would get to make a Tom Bombadil joke, and it never happened. <laughs> I can't. He's not even in the movies, but every time anything Lord of the Rings related enters my head, all I want to do is find a way to crack a Tom Bombadil joke. And Neil hated here. the Tom Bombadil section of the book. I quite liked it, and I was kind of sad when it wasn't in the movies. I understand I why it wasn't there, but liked and didn't like it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? When I was reading it, I was like, well, this is pointless. Why and is it fucked. taking so long? I love it. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up. It's just, what is this? I don't even know where I am. Am I high right now? <laughs> and then the story moved on. And then it was like, never to be heard of from again. <laughs> yep. Like, bye. Bye. Tom Bombadil is the um, unfired pistol on the wall in a checkoff play. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yes. That's, I'm glad. That's the best thing I've done in my 42nd year. It's new. It's new, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we do flash back very briefly to Marsley fucking hilariously waking Murtaugh up in his sleep. Like this. she comes Hold in, she comes like in this. real quiet, real quiet. Tiptoe, tiptoe. She picks up a pitcher and then she's like, "I think I'll get myself something to drink." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I'm sorry. Did I wake you? And then she turns around with two mugs. She's like, "Here you go, pal. We're gonna have a chat." She pulls up a chair and she's like, "I'm gonna need you to take my husband. I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to ask him to fight with you." With, with the regulators and Marta's like, but is, and he holds up his hand and she's like, yeah, 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 I know. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> he doesn't feel 
like a man and I need him to feel like a man. Or what did she say? I'll have a whole man or no man at all or yeah. something. It's like, oh, okay, Marcy, whatever. Well, inside, not outside. Oh, okay, fine. Inside, fine. right? Mm-hmm. The, so this, here's something in the mind. This uh, conversation happens in a later book around a different topic. Okay. Um, Does it have to do with his hand, though? Does it still have to do yes. with that? Okay. So uh, Fergus has a hard time getting work because a lot of work, you know, particularly then it's manual labor, even printing, you know, it's mm-hmm. like we saw from the print shop episode is you really have to push it and stroke it to get that printing press to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> printing. <laughs> printing. Anyway. Um, so he has a hard time getting work and, uh, Marsley has again, different subject, but has a, you have to ask Fergus to help you do this dangerous thing with you conversation with Jamie mm-hmm. and Jamie, doesn't say, well, if you want him shot, I'll go out back and shoot him for you, which means Marsley does not get to say, well, I mean, he's not the one with his boots on my blankets. And then Martel's like, nah, she right. And, and then, then he, he kicks off. <laughs> it's great. That was a really good moment. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, but the result is ultimately the same, which is that she she knows that he feels like he's not a whole man because he's not providing exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and isn't able to do certain things. So mm-hmm. she wants him to feel, um, in the banks, he knows that that's what's happening. Mm. Um, but it still makes him feel better because yeah. she cares and because Jamie cares and all of that. But here he's just like, it's actually very nice when he's asked and says that he wants to he's he like to stay with his family. Right. Thank you for asking me, but my place is here with my wife and my daughter. And it's like, well, okay, but at least he felt better. And then you see Marsley thank Marta, that's a little bit later, but she thinks she's like, thank you. Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. It's a nice little scene. So it is a good scene between the two of them. We missed you, Muesli. All right. Back Crafty. to the party. And there's all these guys just like staring at her. I th- I missed her entrance, I think. She comes down the stairs like fucking Norma Desmond in the dress. And, of course, all the men's tolls roll out like the fucking wolf in that Tex Avery cartoon. They're all just staring at her. Well, except for one guy who really isn't impressed. We'll see why later. And then they um, try to one up each other, and um, mm-hmm. and Pippin the Hobbit brings her into this room and is like, "Which of these demons do you think the most beautiful?" Mm-hmm. She's like, uh, "I don't know. Why don't we ask that extremely old woman her opinion, please? Somebody, I feel like this is a setup. The one that was weird about her drawing the slaves too. Remember? Yes. Oh, that was a gross scene. Yeah. Uh, and so they're all in the parlor staring at these jewels when the real jewel walks in. The cavalry comes. Right. Oh, thank you, Lord John Gray. He walks in. Oh, he's so good. He does a bow, and it's like the entire room it's just deflates. The most perfect bow anyone ever bowed. All the men are like, "We're you fucked." See, you see, Billy Boyd and uh, Lieutenant Wolf. Lee, uh, oh, yeah. where's his name? God damn it, Lee Boardman. Lee Boardman exchange glances, and they're like, oh, "Fuck this guy, <laughs> Jesus Christ, who is this bitch?" <laughs> <laughs> And just all of them are immediately like, oh, and he's a lord? And he lo- it's like Mr. fucking Darcy walked in is what happened. Mm-hmm. That is what happened. He just came out of the lake is what happened. But he stopped to put on a fresh suit of clothes first. Yeah, his costume is also bumping. The only thing in this room that can compete with Lord those couches. John Gray for my heart are those two blue couches. They're, so, they're beautiful. <laughs> that upholstery, my grandmother is up in heaven looking down going, I should have had that upholstery. Like, that's that's how I feel. Every time I see those couches, I'm like, oh, God, they're so beautiful. All right. Then Martha asks Fergus to join the militia, and he's like, nah, I need to stay with my wife and daughter. And he feels better 
Marsley's like, yeah. Then we do find out that Stone Cold is now oh, in town. and she comes in, yeah, to mm-hmm. say the, the Gloriana is here. Yeah, the boat came in. Uh, and they're like, sweet, let's get to the pub. <clears throat> We're going to go find Stone Cold. Bad idea. Then we have a great dinner party scene, which reminds, it took me back a little bit to season two, and I kind of miss this type of thing. Um, everybody's just being stupid dinner party people. John's telling his beautiful story. Like everybody's all engaged. He's so witty. Everybody's having a great time. And then John like throws the mic to Bree and is like, what about you? Which he's like, I don't have any good stories like that. But you know what I can do? And then she fucks around with some psychology shit where people imagine that they're alone in the woods. Who are you with? And what's there with you? And the one guy she asks is the judge. What is the character's name? Judge Forbes? Forsyth. Forsyth? Yeah. Uh, This isn't... The character is in the books, but all of this is an invention of the show. And credit where it's due, Mm -hmm. we are pretty hard on MBR Mm -hmm. around these parts. But apparently this was all his idea, and I think it's great. And we'll do... After we talk about this, we have to do a little in the books because there's a change. Okay. That's like, I really, I didn't know if they were going to do any of this storyline because of the way it's handled. Anyway, uh, we'll the character in this episode is actually called Judge Al- Aldersice. Really? Mm-hmm. Andrew Steele is his name, is the car- uh, actor's name. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Judge Al- So So maybe it's a judge they haven't met yet. Or but it was weird that it would sound similar. Maybe they're trying to... I bet they changed it so that it doesn't sound like Forbes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's actually what I read first. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he says, well, I was alone in the woods with... I was walking with Jesus. And everyone's like, Jesus. Like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Laying it on a little thick, buddy. And then... Uh, what are you, one of the writers for Outlander? <laughs> oh! And then Brianna's, Brianna goes, well, when... People say they're walking with Jesus. Usually that means something about confession or forgiveness. And he's like, well, in my line of work, I do have to forgive a lot of people. She goes, no, usually it's personal. Well, because of the squirrel. Oh, yeah. And what animal was with you? Squirrels from my mother's garden. Right. Like secrets. And mom is like, nope, my son doesn't have any secrets from me. And he's like, will you excuse me, please? Yes. And then he's got to go. the air. Yeah. <laughs> got to go. So everybody's kind of free, a little titillated and freaked out by her game. But then it kind of ends there. Or doesn't Billy Boyd say, what about me? Well, like, is it my turn? End. So she turns to Lord John. Everyone else is still talking about the judge's abrupt exit. She turns to Lord John and asks him, and he's all startled. I don't know why. He's like, well, I was thinking about your father. Doy. She's like, what? But, uh, really? Why? Because uh, you guys don't know each other all that well, do you? He's like, oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somehow they get to talking about the fact that Jamie told her to go and check in on her. Told him to go and check yeah. in on her. She's like, I don't need what, what? I don't need that. that. And then she stands up and pretends to faint so that she can GTFO. Well, she was trying to leave, but then uh, Billy Boy was yeah. like, hey, wait, is it my turn? Oh, because uh, he wants to take her for a walk. Right, and then she goes, then she's all like, oh, feeling faint. Oh, gosh. Which, you guys, I got to remember that. Even to this day, that's going to get you out of situations, <laughs> ladies. If you just realize you're in an uncomfortable social situation or whatever, just pretend to faint and everybody's going to leave you the fuck alone. <laughs> you can go do whatever you want. You can be like, oh, God, I feel like shit. I got to go get a glass of water and then never return to said conversation. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan of... Um, uh, ah, my period, <laughs> which is what they say on 30 Rock. Um, but still, d- like m- menstrual cramps, always a good excuse. Mm-hmm. So she gets into the living room, and Lord John joins her there. 
Yeah, and it's like, are, are you okay? If you want, I can ride for a doctor because he's very nice. And then Lizzie comes running in hot. Loose lips, Lizzie. With the, like, in your condition. Lord John Gray did not know that Brianna was pregnant. Well, no no one there does because they cinched her the fuck Phaedra up. Phaedra did Phaedra a great job on that dress. very good at tailoring. <laughs> yeah. She does not look pregnant. So Lizzie comes in hot with those flapping fucking gums and is like, in your condition. And Brianna's like, God damn it, Lizzie. And Lizzie's like, I'm sorry, and goes away. Oh, Lizzie. <laughs> and then David Barry and his, like, being so fucking good at his jobness goes, I take it. This is not from illness. And she's like, <laughs> no, I'm knocked up. And he's like, Why? okay. Oh, uh, now I understand. All right. Well, mm, uh, how about we talk tomorrow? I'm going to let you be pregnant and I'm going to go. Here's, oh yeah, here's a note from your dad. Oh yeah, <laughs> gotta right. go. And so, uh, so in the books, in the books, they drop, um, uh, Jamie and Claire and Ian drop uh, Brianna off at River Run. And, and she already knows Jocasta because they were there earlier, whatever. Um, and when they leave, Jamie comes up to try to say goodbye to her, and she doesn't turn around and, like, won't talk to him. So he leaves a note on the ground, and she doesn't read it for a long time. Mm-hmm. So that's – there's – Lord John – all of this stuff happens in the book. Lord John does show up, and they do get engaged and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the circumstances around that are a little bit different. Okay. So what do I got there? Lizzie coming in hot. Got that. Okay. Then we're at Merton Fergus in the bar waiting for Stone Cold to show up. Stone Cold shows up. Fucking Marta. Cold, straight up cold cocks him, knocks him out. Great. Follows him into his room and Bonnet is like, I think you've got the wrong room, sir. Or whatever the fuck his fucking accent is. is. I don't know. It's and Marta's like, yeah, I was looking for a gentleman. You're no gentleman. Bam! Bam! <laughs> And then he's on the ground. So at least they were successful in knocking him out before Stone Cold killed him, which is what I thought was going to happen. Okay. Um, Brianna uh, sees, ah, later that night, she is asleep in bed looking at the note that her father wrote her, still not ready to read it. Ugh, she needs a midnight snack. She's eating for two after all. (laughs) She... Pads slowly down the stairway in the darkness. And then it sounds like somebody else needed a midnight snack. Yuck. And then it sounds like sex noises. <laughs> like right there. And she's like, what the? And instead of doing what any normal person would do, which is go, oh, somebody's getting some, grab a wheel of cheese and head back upstairs. <laughs> she's like, what the? And she peeks in a door. Oh, that was a hallway. That's the thing. That's right. Yeah, I don't think that she could have gone for cheese. I think the way was blocked by the fucking. Ah, but she had, she ate, she ate a bite of something before she went in. Remember, there was something by the glasses. Then maybe she went down to the kitchen and the, it was definitely in a hallway. Or maybe, was it in the hallway or in the kitchen? Like she was going to go into the kitchen. I don't know, whatever. It was, she saw the, quote unquote, hidden away. She saw a little. Doing it, but it was, Lord it was John Gray nook. and it was the a dark ju- nook. it was a dark nook. And that they- was some actually strong sexual content. Yes, that was very. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. as opposed to the the weak sauce later sexual content. So Lord John Gray and the judge are having sex. So it's clear that the judge was hiding secrets from his mother. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks pretty hot too. Yeah, they are, in, they are feeling it. And Bree now knows that Lord John Gray is gay. So she's surprised, obviously, but quietly, smartly, leaves and goes back upstairs. But now she's got a bargaining chip. So here is the in the books thing where this is the other reason that I want to give some credit to Matthew B. Roberts. So I was surprised that they were doing all of this 
Um, because partially because it's such an, when she, uh, we're about to talk about the scene, but when she blackmails Lord John, mm-hmm. essentially attempts to blackmail Lord John, um, it's such an, inc- ins- just insanely shitty thing to do to somebody. Right. Um, that I was a little bit surprised that they were going to let Brianna do that because it's harder to, um, appreciate a character's emotional state sometimes when you're not actually in their head. And that chapter mm-hmm. is from her perspective. Um, uh, but the other reason I was surprised is because in the books, uh, she does see Lord John sneaking off to have sex with someone, but it's with a slave. Mm. In the books, that the implication is that that is consensual. He like sneaks off to the slave quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she sees them talking at one, like smiling at each other or something at one point. Um, but of course, uh, it's not that simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it would have been like really, really bad to have done the story in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because of course, anyone that you're having sex with, um, who is a slave, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't actually have the ability to say no. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's coercion at best and right. rape at worst. Uh, so I think that was a very smart change and then mm-hmm. throwing in the psychology game so that you have an understanding of a little bit of who this character is. And it's not just like a random person at the party. Right. Um, so then it's also two closeted men who are having this sexual relationship, whether it's for the first time or not, uh, I think is really smart. Uh, all of that I think is really smart. And I also think they handled the scene that we're going to talk about in a minute here really well. So, so sh- then quick Murtaugh gets arrested and he's like, Hey, but I got Stephen Bonnet over here. And they're like, okay, fine. But you get in the wagon and he, <laughs> he pretends to punch Fergus. So it looks like Fergus was in a fight with him and the guys are like, get out of here one hand. And he's like, peace. If how do you say peace in French? And then he goes home, but Murtaugh's arrested. Bad news. We don't actually see them arrest Stephen Bonnet, but one of the guys is like Stephen Bonnet, the murderer. So at least we know that they know he's a criminal. Um, and then back to Brianna at River Run, she's depressed. She's sleeping in. Phaedra comes in and throws open the curtains and she's like, uh, there's a certain hobbit downstairs that would like to talk to you. <laughs> and Brianna's like, oh no, tell him it'll be an hour. I'm going to go take a walk. And I'll t- be there in time for second breakfast. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, tell Lord John to meet me by the big oak tree or whatever. She does that to Lizzie. Sorry. She calls Lizzie in. Yeah. Cause Phaedra says someone's down there and I think he's going to ask you to marry him. Uh, and she's like, Oh fuck, 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 No, 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 no. Tell him I need an hour. I yeah. need an hour. Okay. Lizzie. Lizzie comes in. She's like, I got to get dressed. Please tell Lord John to meet me by the big oak tree. Something, something, something. And Lizzie be discreet. And Lizzie does this thing where she looks back over her shoulder like, you right. And then <laughs> <laughs> she leaves. So Lord John and Brianna meet out in the middle of a field by a creek. It's not like they're hidden or anything. They're just there talking. They're having a stroll. Right. And Brianna's like, um, okay, here's the bag. Will you marry me? And Lord John's like, good God. <laughs> what? Huh? Huh? Clutching his pearls as if he had them. <laughs> and then she's like, if you don't marry me, I'm going to tell everybody about that you're gay. Well, she also says, like, you uh, can... Take me to, I should go with you to Virginia for a while, but you don't have to live with me. I'll sign a paper saying I don't want your money. I just need you to fucking marry me, okay, bro? He's like, what? The, the, what? I'm mm going to tell everybody that I saw you with the judge last night. I'll write letters. That's actually what she said. And then he's got a great comeback when he's like, 
knowing what the penalty is for that, you would do that? And she, I don't think she was prepared for that. She Then she gets kind of flustered, but still says, like, I, I, I'll do what I have to do for my child. Mm-hmm. She said she'll tell Jamie is, like, her next step. She's like, and, well, I'll tell Jamie. <laughs> That's right. And Lord John's <laughs> like, bitch, he know. <laughs> there is a, it's um, in the, it's, they sort of skate up to it here where basically she's like, well, I know you're gay, so it's not like you're going to have sex with me. And he's like, girl, I was married to a woman. You think, you think that whole time, you think that whole time I just didn't actually have sex with my wife? You think that I am fully capable of performing my husbandly duties. (laughs) Um, in the next, uh, there's this implication that, um, that he would be able to do it because she looks like Jamie. Woof. Ooh. Where he's like, yeah, that'll teach you to play with fire. You really think, yeah, well, but here's the thing. I'd be super into that. Like, <laughs> excusing all else. Man, it would be great to be like, that's a, that red hair is a very useful visual aid. Thank you. It's really, could you please put on this shirt of your dad's? That'd be, yeah. I really appreciate that. She's like, what the fuck? He's like, I'm not going to, but you probably shouldn't blackmail gay men because you assume that they won't have sex with you. Like what? Mm-hmm. Because of course that's why it's the funny thing is that Brianna, I think because she's fucking panicked and understandably, yeah. right? Like very emotionally distressed. It doesn't occur to her that this person that she knows to be a close friend of her, both of her parents would just go ahead and get fake engaged to her. Like that is all Lord John's plan. She, it does not even occur to her that he would say yes. Anyway, she feels like she has to talk him into it. When if she'd been like, listen, I just really need these dudes not to propose to me. Can you please help me out, man? He probably would have said yes. And instead she's like, well, because you're gay, you definitely won't want to fuck me. So you're the ideal husband. candidate. <laughs> Can we make this happen? And he's like, what? The- <sighs> yeah. Your mom is weird, but you're weirder. This is really weird. This is really strange. I just want to play chess with your dad. I don't know what the deal is. Why all these Fraser women got to be in my business? And then um, it settles down a little bit, and the end of the scene is quite nice when she admits to him that it's she doesn't know if it's Rogers and that she was actually raped, and he has he softens a bit, and the word hope comes into it. Barf. I don't know. And then she <laughs> she takes a deep breath and heads back to the house, and there's the hobbit ready to propose. And she, he's just about to say the words. He stands up to walk towards her, and bloop, right behind her in walks Lord John. Are you here to tell everyone our happy news? We are engaged. And it's like, Lord John, you <laughs> scamp. <laughs> and Billy Boyd's face just goes, and then he's like, I got to get out of here. Bye. See ya. And then he just leaves. He's like, good day. And Angie Costa's like, bye. <laughs> and then she walks up to Brianna and like the side of her face that's away from Lord John. She's like, I don't know how you did this, but you are certainly a Mackenzie. I did miss something a little bit earlier that I feel is important leading into the final on the road scene. There, there was a moment earlier in the show where we see them setting up camp and Claire, Jamie and Ian, I mean, setting up camp and, um, Claire and Jamie are like very separate from each other. And Ian's like, Claire, please just forgive him. And like, because it's too hard for them to be on the road and be so separate from each other and everything. Like like it it hurts me to see you both hurting this way. And she's like, I'm not mad at him. Just mad at the situation. Mad. 
And Ian's like, come on, man, come on. And Claire looks over and she's like, hmm. And, but she hasn't decided yet. That was earlier in the show. Well, and then Jamie is trying to do this Scottish thing where he just like grabs fish out of the water, whatever the fuck he's got, a, or he's got a goose and what he's he doing was, something. He was it's cutting very grass. He's cutting grass. Which he's was doing weird. something, and yeah. then he cuts his hand. And he's like, ah, da, da, da. Claire's like, oh, are you hurt? And he's like, yes, but it's not my hand or whatever the fuck he says. Something really stupid. Yeah. And then Ian. That now we're caught up. Ian comes running and is like, Rollo, Rollo, no. And there's a big bone. And of course, the bone expert, Claire, runs up and is like, this is human. I would have given all of the money I own for her to go, it's dinosaur. (laughs) Dino DNA. (laughs) So they walk over and they find the rotting skeleton of our old guy that was on the rope with uh, Roger. So they know they're on the right track. And Ian's all like, I remember this jacket. This guy was with them. He was with the Mohawk. So at least we're on the same kind of trail going here. And then um, we come back to their campsite at night, and we all have a question about their tent. What the fuck is this tent? I heard an echo inside of that tent. It was tent. so <laughs> big. Why? It was so, like... Where'd they get all that fabric? I was going to say, where'd they get all that canvas? God, for God's sake. It's not on their goddamn horses, because they're just horses. They're not and on a cart or something. A tent like that is incredibly heavy. Yeah. That's just like a well, lot I mean, of it's fabric. Like it, I, it's possible that it's just kind of draped over trees and but shit. But the way it was shaped in like every yeah, angle that we saw the shot, confusing. it felt like it was a big square. Yeah. I know some of you are history nerds, and I know some of you, I don't know, do more outlander reading on Twitter than I do. If if any of you have any idea what the fuck is going on with that tent, it was like the TARDIS. I bet it was like yeah, it's bigger on the inside or something. I don't know. I where s- did where did they get Time Lord technology, and why did they make it look like it's still outside? She like traversed a football field to go say hi to him. She did. She had to take like multiple steps once inside the tent <laughs> to get Ian to him. And Ian wasn't in there. And then it was like, and there were multiple walls because I thought maybe it was just a divider. But then when, there's also clock behind Jamie. Yeah. So like what. Where are they? Yeah. But they have a nice conversation about forgiveness and it's going to take Bria a while. She's a lot like you. We talked about this. And then they finally decide that they're cool and then they have sex, but it's really weak sauce. God, it was such a nice scene though. It was a good It was a good scene. And Sam did a great job in this scene. Yeah. Um, Katrina is always good, but he did a really good job. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the the sex was a little weak sauce. I know. It was a really good start. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it was the it had the promise of being a, I mean, a hot vaccine. Remember, remember like the last episode where I was like, he said hi to her. That was really hot. <laughs> <laughs> there, I mean, there is. Uh, the, I, let's be real. The hottest thing that happens in this episode is when they're in the bar, and you see this black hat, and then the hat tips up, and it's, and it's Marta. Marta. <laughs> And then he winks. That's the hottest (laughs) hottest thing. All right. So then I have a note here to remind you, Stephen Bonnet in the books. Oh, I feel like there's a little element of that they're missing in this Stephen Bonnet story because it all, the reason she was apologizing and all that stuff, it makes perfect sense. Like keeping that it's actually, um, emotionally it's more interesting if the big reason that Claire didn't tell Jamie or I guess even like a subtextual reason, like, and whatever, it's fine. Is that, um, she likes having secrets with Brianna where mm-hmm. it's like, there is a thing that's just the two of them. I think that is a very interesting idea to explore. However, in the book, the reason that they don't tell Jamie is because he would immediately leave and go try to kill Stephen Bonnet mm-hmm. because it would be, first of all, he 
raped his daughter, but also he would feel like it was his fault. It was his fault and mm-hmm. that he was going to keep on hurting people and it was his mistake that is making it possible. Yeah. And that is the very practical reason that they do not tell him that it's Stephen Bonnet. Mm-mm. And that is just totally ignored here. Well, it feels a little bit like they have to because if it was addressed, then he then there'd be this next action of him actively not talking about how he sent people to go find him. Right? Because like that's the next level of that. If they were to, if she was to address that and say, "I'd be worried you're gonna go kill him," he'd have to go. Oh, you're right. Uh, well, I would never fuck. And then like, hey, Murtaugh. <laughs> Murtaugh. Yeah. So on the down low, speaking of keeping secrets, why don't you go kill this guy for me? No, bring him to me so mm-hmm. I can kill him. I think that's. I mean, well heard. But that's definitely when I'm. Uh, that's what my brain goes right. Mm. Is like they'd have to address that, and that takes. An, that also, we only have two more episodes left. You know, mm-hmm. it's coming. It's coming though. You can tell. Yeah. You can tell by the I next time in. Yep. And then uh, the very last thing we see is Roger finally arriving at uh, Shadow Lake, the Mohawk village, and they run him through a stick gauntlet, which hilariously, Allison was like, I just watched a show with this exact scene in it today that was not this show. (laughs) I'm I'm Googling gauntlet of people punching. Or like a pain pain gauntlet. This is in Star Trek. Pain gauntlet? Who does it? uh, Is it Kirk? Klingons do it. Klingons do it to like... uh, Pain gauntlet? It's like, well, hold on. Let me... the. Klingon pain corridor sticks. Something. Um, image. See this? No, yeah. So this is an image of one of the episodes that Worf oh, yeah. goes through. Oh yeah, where they just poke him with. Yeah, and this shocks. is him, this is him regaining his his uh his uh um what's it called his honor back from his family because mm-hmm. like something happened and he had to go get his honor back. So he like walked down this corridor of Klingons poking him with sticks. Weird. Oh, Warf. Pain sticks, as they uh, call them. I, because I'm reviewing it, I can't say okay. what show it is, but it's uh, in this context, it's military mm-hmm. um, and seems to be some sort of like hazing or bonding mm-hmm. ritual, um, like a whole macho brotherhood thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was like, this is same time as soon as today. What right. the fuck? And this one is just uh, for him to get to the end. It's kind of like... What did they say about it? This replacing someone they lost or... Well, this is what we think is happening. Mm-hmm. And this is another thing that doesn't exist in the book. So who knows? Um, we, When we were talking about it, we all suspected that maybe this was his way of being accepted into the community because mm-hmm. Roger, in theory, does not know what the show has already told us, which is that they accept people into their tribe or village often to replace somebody else, mm-hmm. right? So like... In theory, when Jamie <laughs> killed the guy in the bear costume, they would have been able to accept somebody to replace him. They didn't, but mm-hmm. they would have been able to accept somebody to replace him. And here, whether Roger is actually accepted or not, I don't know. And whether he's replacing somebody or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, it did seem like, I mean, it seemed kind of festive, right? Like yeah. it didn't seem well, it was scary as shit for him at first. Absolutely. But then he could tell that people weren't really they didn't hit him when he's down. Right. right. They didn't hit him when he was down and they weren't really like well, and they were in orderly lines. Right. They weren't really like going for him. Right. They, you know, it was obviously a ritual or or like specific point of some right. kind. Yeah. So he kind of freaked out at first. He was very scared and then he kind of like was walking through like, "Oh, okay. Okay." And then that's the end of the episode. Well, this, this is a really nice mode of this guy who's above him who would be kicking him if they were trying to beat him up goes, no, no, wait, wait, wait. 
And they all go like, yeah, he's back up. And then someone runs in and punches him in the mouth. And then the scene goes to black. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, I think that's funny. I like physical humor. Uh, Julie, who is your platinum pamplemousse for this episode? Hmm. Lord John Gray. Yeah. David yeah. Barry. Yeah. Just his, him coming in and like, it was just so impactful. He's the best. They do really tend to give him some of the shabbiest dialogue though. And so I but need he them, makes it work. He does make it work, but I need them to stop laying that on at his doorstep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's just very, he's so charming and he's easy to look at and he's always got the best costumes. <laughs> Say it, yeah. it's him for me. Cool. Janine. Um, Fergus. Yeah, yeah, Fergus did have a good episode. Because Fergus These are damn boy. Yeah, boy. he's it's like it's a good episode. Like he's going through a lot. Like for, the Fergus character obviously is not. I've never seen the younger version of Fergus, and I'm only getting introduced now that I'm a regular watcher. Um, <laughs> but like it. he's a you know he used to be a very confident, capable individual who's now like going through a rough patch. And I mm-hmm. think I think um, Cesar is playing that very well. So I mm-hmm. agree. Yeah, I liked it. You know what I appreciate about this episode? It's very easy to pick like any number of people because pretty much everybody's doing a pretty good job, Mm -hmm. but it feels like an ensemble show. Like there isn't Mm -hmm. one story that dominates. I mean, obviously it's Brianna's story is the A story here, but there are so many people involved in that and they all do so good that it's really easy to pick anybody. Um, You know, I think I'm going to go with Lauren Lyle who plays... Mm. Granola. Oh yeah. We should Muesli. really just. I'm bypassing muesli. We're just gonna call, We're gonna her, gonna granola. call her granola. Granola. Go call her granola. Or granoli. Granoli. <laughs> I like it. Granoli sounds like some Italian candy. <laughs> granoli. <laughs> granoli. Um. Yeah, I think you know in her what two three scenes tops she which were all short i think she just did a really really good job mm-hmm. it was all really subtle and playful and kind of funny and was sort of established the tone for the episode for me i think a yeah. little bit her and what's his face her mdb picture ooh, saucy mm-hmm. Hell what's yeah. um what's what's our guy's name uh, the Left. lieutenant, tenant, lieutenant, lieutenant, uh, Lee Boardman, Lee Boardman, with an honorable mention to Lee Boardman yeah. and his eyebrows, yeah, those like all that, all that side glance. I fucking love side glance, mm-hmm. and it was just, it was really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, on a doing it scale. Well, okay. From, let's see. Hmm. Mm. You haven't seen this one yet. Shit. I'm going to use it anyway. From the episode of Mad Men where Sally Draper walks on her dad hitting it with somebody. Nope, sorry. Where she walks it, where Sally Draper walks in on Roger Sterling hitting it with somebody. Really? Yeah. At the Codfish Ball. <laughs> the name of that episode. Um, to. Ugh, I don't know. Eyes wide shut. That's people Ooh, in nice clothes fucking in hallways. I guess yeah. that's true. I'm going to go off to one side where it is a dark nook mm. and there are two men enjoying each other a great deal. And it was a shock and a surprise and a delight. And that was Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, yeah. Bradley Ooh. Cooper and <laughs> Bradley Cooper. And what's the other guy's name? I always forget his name. Oh, God. What's his face? Yeah. Everybody knows who I'm talking about if you've yeah. seen it. Anyway, it Michael was just... Michael Ian Black. Yeah, thank you, Michael Ian Black. It was like, whoa, 
okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. what I'm saying. What about you? Oh, I don't know. I'm uh I'm gonna go with um oh, you know, this might be a little too on the nose, but it was kind of a nice little moment. Brokeback Mountain. Oh know. yeah. It's a little on the nose, but I mean mm-hmm. it was like, you know, it was it was there, there's some hot moments in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um I'm gonna go with No, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Too tame. Yeah. Not inspiring. Yeah. It's like, a, I don't know. I'm going to go with the general rating of PG-13 because there's a lot of cutting away, although it still wouldn't get it because it's right. gay dudes. sex. Yeah. So um, so what should be a PG-13 except for we have incredibly fucked up guidelines about what is and is an adult. There we go. All right. right. Uh, get up and get a drink. Mm. Actually. Oh, yeah. What's your scale go? Yeah. I don't. This one was would have been difficult. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It, like, it was very, how about this? I'm not going to have a scale for this one because I just want to put my finger on what I think, really. Mm-hmm. It was really well paced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all the plots were really well balanced, which mm-hmm. is part of why it was so enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So it never occurred to me to get up and get a drink. Right. But I also wouldn't have felt weird pausing it. Yeah. I agree with that. I think um, at the last groan of hope. I think uh-huh. I, yeah, I would have yeah. stood up and walked needed, away. Ne- yeah. Getting up to get a drink and needing a drink or two yeah, different yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Too many hopes, you guys. Too many. All right. I would be remiss if I did not do this. Janine. Not mm. you, Janine. Mm. Another Janine. Oh, yeah. If you're listening right now, Janine, this is your shout out from your husband, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> he approached us on our Facebook page and said that we met at Wizard World. He took a picture with me. I remember yeah. it. So, Janine, what's up from... Jenny. Yay! <laughs> okay, we, we did skip a scale, though. What was the scale? The costume scale. Oh, fuck. Oh. I always forget about costume scales. Janine, I'm sorry. We're going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We'll just do it out of order. Yeah. All right, um, costumes. Well, Lord John Gray. Yeah. And well, Brianna New Dress. I mean, Andrew Costa, man. Her fucking That gown. tweed, that close-up on that tweed. Yeah. There was some good shit. Let's I mean, do... and it's fabric. Let's, let's throw the couches inside of that, oh, too. Yeah. Let's do... The awkward stills from the J. Crew catalog because there was a lot of. I'm thinking about like the the, the tweed that you get in close up. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like posing. Oh, mm-hmm. she makes Fedra pose. I'm sticking by this. The J. Crew catalog to like um, draw me like one of your French girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, something with really good costumes that go from regular wear to fancy wear. Hmm. The anthropology catalog? I'm going to go with... You know what I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with the favorite. Oh, yes, that's true, because yeah. she does go from being a servant to in the court, and you get to see the progression. And Yeah. Well, and you also get to see uh, the reverse of, like, someone who's in court and then suddenly is about to be thrown into uh, a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And you also get to see the queen who sometimes when she's just in her bedroom is just in a fucking nightgown and doesn't give a shit. Covered in cake. Oh, yeah. God. That, <laughs> that scene. Well, oh, God. And, uh, in terms of Lord John Gray, I was thinking about that amazing shooting outfit that Rachel Weisz wears. Oh, mm, yes. Yeah. With the pants. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's a very good movie, guys. You should see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, the cake. Uh, anybody else? Mm. No. All right. Works for me. Um, so that's our episode. Mm-hmm. Ending on time. I know. It's great. It's We are also well-paced. Yes, we are today. <laughs> and Allison does have a very fun interview coming up, so... 
Maybe yeah. you'll hear about it later. Yeah, Maybe we'll Maybe you'll see. read about it later. We'll see. Uh, you, you, you will. I have to go interview somebody, but I will tell you who after it runs. Hold on. I'm pulling up our list. Um, so you should come hang out with us on the internet. You can mm-hmm. find us at facebook.com slash podlandercast. You can find us on Twitter at podlandercast. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast. Uh, and uh, you can send all of that information to Janine directly <laughs> because the more people that send it to him, the more likely he is to actually remember all of it. Uh, I should just edit that part out of one episode and just send you the sound file of just that. And just I'll like I'll just <laughs> write listen, it down. I'll just listen to it like on my commutes, just or so I just can write it down and then have it in front of you. A little bit of both. <laughs> I'll practice my lines and have a cheat sheet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we want to thank all of our patrons cause you're all fucking amazing. Uh, but in particular, we would like to thank the following. Oh, and I should say this. You can join us on uh, our Slack channel. If you pledge at $3 three, three or, or more, more. um, there are a bunch of posts and messages you can access that include that link. But if you join and have a hard time finding the link to join, just shoot me a message and I will send it to you. We've got a bunch of new members in the last couple of weeks, which is really yes. fun. So welcome to our new Slack members. Um, Anyway, we especially want to thank the following patrons, Amanda Newton, Anne Gavin, Anne Gibson, Beth Lack, Kara Marlowe, Katie Kirshner, Chantel Davis, Crystal Nanavati, Dr. J, Aaron Yutzi, Flourish Root, Friday Payton, Heather Moore, Ida with an I, Jenna Polkowski, Jen Lander Drunklin, Catherine Marshall Eastman, Kiki the Wise, Lori McGuire, Mary Lumpkin, Meredith M, Meredith Ottery, Molly Layton, Ruth McCormick, Chantal Salters, Tanner Cole, Tara Lucchino, Trish McCrary, Viv Pickles, and Kathleen Moniz. Hi, Hi Mom. Mom. Uh, also, a little extra love to Tanner Cole, who is having a really rough week, um, sending you lots of good energy and uh, thoughts and happy mm-hmm. things. And sorry, the weather in Chicago is also shitty and making things presumably worse. Um, anyway, thinking of you. Uh, anything else, guys? No, just one more time. What up, Janine? Yeah, hey, hey Janine. Janine. We uh, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. No, uh, uh, we'll be back next week for whatever fucking on the nose title they come up with <laughs> in the next episode, um, and then it'll be the finale, and then hopefully we'll be doing a finale live show, and then Dude Lander, and then we go back into the old Doom face. 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 Bye.